Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you about the Baltimore Craft Beer Festival. It's the largest all-Maryland craft beer festival in Baltimore featuring more than 60 Maryland breweries, dozens of vendors, live music, and local eateries. This event directly supports the Brews Association of Maryland and Strong City, Baltimore. Full details can be found at baltimorecraftbeerfestival.com. Hello, I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Chad D'Amour and Joe Gold. Um, We have actually a decent little list of things we're going to talk about today. Um, There's all kinds of events coming up soon uh but one of the ones we want to talk about is the hops and harvest festival um chad i think when you were on last time did we just talk about maryland brewery tours or we talked about hops and yeah, harvest we talked festival about also mm-hmm. and i think bam has been on before and talked about hops and harvest festival um but we have a ton of new listeners now so i think first let's start out um why don't we start with first the changes for the people sure. who who have been to it and do know about it. There are some significant changes to it this year. So we'll start there um, and then you can go into the broader aspect of what Hops and Harvest Festival is. Yeah, that sounds great. So for those of you who have been to the Hops and Harvest Festival before, you know kind of the general layout. What's new this year is what we're really excited about is that we're actually changing location. Uh, historically, we've been at the Columbia, Maryland lakefront down on Lake Kitt. Uh, this year we're moving into Symphony Woods. So if you've ever been to Wine in the Woods or any of those large-scale festivals that Meriwether Post Pavilion hosts, um, it's out there in those woods. It's an absolutely beautiful wooded landscape with an amphitheater in the woods. Uh, gives us a lot of opportunity to bring everybody together at the same time and to have um, just more for everybody. Um, another change is um, last year we had two sessions. We had like a noon to four and then we had a nine to five. This year we're doing one session from noon to five. So for the same ticket price, everybody gets an, an additional hour of unlimited tasting and music and all the vendors and crafters and all that kind of fun stuff. Is that a function of, cause you have a much larger plate space that you don't, you can, we can fit you don't everybody. Have to, yeah, exactly. You know. So we have um, 22 acres is the size of the woods. Uh, we're probably going to use about so seven much acres. So for activities. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're actually bringing in a lot of additional games and activities and space activations. So um, we're really trying to to bring it up to the next level, and this space allows us to do that. Yeah, the I got to imagine that two-session festivals are a huge pain for everyone involved, <laughs> too. The clear, getting everyone cleared out and then resetting and letting everyone like the next group back in is gotta be kind of a nightmare. There are definitely pros and cons. Um, it allows people who might be working in the day to make the evening session and vice versa. But from the production standpoint, it's a really, really long day for for us putting together the event for the the breweries and the vendors and everybody. It, it's a really long day, so this will actually. Um, hopefully balance all that stuff out and hopefully it'll be better for everybody. That's the whole goal. Now, the one of the things that I loved about uh, the original location was that it was well within walking distance, like 
basically crawling distance of a hotel. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but there are hotels really close to the the new location too, right? So or is, we're less than a quarter mile away from the old location, so you okay. can still you crawl can even, yeah, can still to the Sheridan, yeah. um, who we've actually partnered with, and we have a discounted room rate for all of our guests. So you can find that up on the website. Um, so they're, they're fantastic partners and they're right there on the lakefront and it's a hop, skip and a jump. You, you don't even need to Uber. It's really right there. And I urge anyone going to do that because <laughs> it makes the experience much more enjoyable mm-hmm. because especially cause one of the things I wanted to lead into is that this festival is a little ind- different in that you're offering every type of alcohol, mm-hmm. whereas m- normally it's a wine festival or a beer festival or a spirits festival. You've decided to go all in mm-hmm. and it's in the historically it's always been this way too, but you, you can sample everything. Yeah. It's all Maryland, but it's beer, wine and spirits. And so, and we have a fantastic list of vendors this year, but yeah, again, there's something for everybody. So if you're a beer connoisseur, we definitely have you covered uh, a lot of the, the Maryland spirits who have come out recently um, and Maryland wineries, of course. So everybody's going to be there. So will the bands be in the amphitheater, or mm-hmm. are you have a separate? So that, that that's another nice. Yeah. So if you've ever that. been to this space, there's this really unique green amphitheater called the Chrysalis, and it's uh, a full production stage. Um, so we'll have a DJ, um, Chris Tharp. We'll have Miss Moon Rising, who is a, a local Howard County up and coming band, and then we'll have Pressing Strings, uh, who's a really fantastic band out of the Annapolis area. Um, we're we're flirting with one other band who might potentially come in, uh, but the the entertainment lineup is, is going to be fantastic. Awesome. Um, who are some of the other vendors that will be there? Other vendors, well, um, it's all listed on the website, which is really cool. Um, but I can tell you from a beer, wine, and spirits perspective, we have Seven Locks, Black Flag, Blackwater Distilling, Blue Dyer Distilling, Brookville Beer Farm, Calvert, Crooked Crab, Elder Pine. Elk Run Winery, Ellicott Mills, or Ellicott Distilling Company, which is new. Ellicott Mills Brewing Company. Yeah, they're brand new. I haven't heard of either of those. Yeah, Yeah, Ellicott Mills Brewing Company is is a Pilsner house right in um, downtown Ellicott City. Flying Dog, Gray Wolf, Distilling, Guinness, Heavy Seas, Hysteria, El Dolce Winery, Jailbreak, Lost Ark, Lion Distilling, Manor Hill, Oliver, Only Winery, Reckless Ale Works, Sapwood Cellars, Smokedown Brewing Station, Urban Winery, Tenth Ward, Tobacco Barn, Twin Valley, and there are several more that have signed up. Uh, like Silver Branch just signed okay. up, um, like this morning or yesterday. Um, so we we still have a couple more coming, and that's those are really the beverages. Um, we mentioned the entertainment. Uh, we have a lot of really fantastic local food. Um, we have Althea's Almost Famous, which is uh, Jamaican like Caribbean style food. Uh, Bebo's Mac Shack, Bullhead Pit Beef. Uh, we have an awesome catering company called Comfort Caters coming in, just doing really kind of nice upscale spread. Um, D Snack Shack Goganics, which is more of an organic, um, you know, gluten-free, vegan-friendly options. Um, Greer's Kettle Corn, which you walk in and you can just smell the place. It's, it's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh, Home Slice Pizza, Jimmy's Seafood, um, and a lot of other, um, you know, kind of craft food products you know pastries and uh jerk uh jerky and all that kind of stuff so 
Um, a lot of really cool things. So no there. one should be leaving hungry either. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have the artisans, um, and they're just all over the place. Some of the best um, from Maryland. Um, just you know, your crafts and your vendors. And we have you know games where um, we're working on getting that axe throwing place in. So <laughs> I, I've all I've never been to an axe throwing place. I want we have one opening really soon in mm-hmm. Frederick. I think. It's either this week or next week mm-hmm. they're doing their soft opening. I've always questioned the like the how wise Safety. of an idea. <laughs> not of it in general though, but the it there seems to be like always alcohol mixed with. Oh, that. they're usually BYOB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. free for all. <laughs> yeah, but like it, 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 I, I don't know. I hopefully people just do it in the right order. Mm-hmm. Like I guess if you throw the axes first and then drink. But if you, if you do things, if you don't follow the, the proper procedures of order, <laughs> there's just and trouble. these are the things we're trying to dial in <laughs> yeah, right yeah. now, the, the procedures and the, <laughs> the insurance, to be quite frank. Yeah, um, that's another thing. Like, when I see those, uh, that's another thing that pops in my mind is how do they find insurance to cover them? <laughs> you know, they're popping up everywhere. Though. I know. People love them. Well, there's there's one that's right next to Monument City. Yep. Um, yep. I I think there are a couple others out in Baltimore. There are a couple. Uh, we have one, I think, one opening immediately, and I think there's another like a different uh, franchise that's opening in yeah. Frederick. So, I think yeah, a lot of office in, groups and people like that go to it, and you know, yeah. and groups of friends and stuff. So it's, it's perfect team building. It's Let's a, go it's throw some fe- axes. Yeah, stuff. it's a field day. anger management. People yeah. use it as a field day kind of thing, and a, you know, team building activity. Yeah. <laughs> so another one you can do for team building is also Maryland Brewery Tours. Great team building yeah. activity. Well, we're not there yet. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> but that you're right. That is that a good is one. A good one. That, yeah. that, it's a good way to make friends. Mm-hmm. Drink while not having mm-hmm. to worry about driving between places, but you're getting way ahead of yourself. We're yep. not ready no, to sorry, talk sorry, about sorry. that yet. <laughs> um, but right now, we want to take a real quick break to thank our sponsors. Or one of our sponsors. Uh, we'll take another one later. But uh, when we come back, uh, we'll let's wrap up a couple more details of Hops of Harvest Festival, and then we want we'll get into why Joe Gold is patiently sitting here <laughs> waiting. Sounds good. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. All right, so was um the, was the main reason of the change of location for just having more space? And I mean, while the, the other location, it wasn't or anything but it seems like it you're in a much more visually appealing area now sure so we've always had our eyes on this change um and it was always a goal of ours to move into this uh, space however the the timing really worked out in, in two ways one um we've actually kind of hit capacity for that old menu we really were maxed out as far as space and two, it's under construction. So it was oh, yeah. kind of like, <laughs> well, guess what? We need yeah. to find uh, the timings now. Yeah. So, well, um, so thankfully there was an even better place right, yeah, right absolutely. Down, the, down the road to go to. Yeah. Um, so that's October 5th. October um, 5th. Yep. 
And we're going to go into this amazing segue of two. Right around that time, Baltimore <laughs> Beer Week would typically be starting. It would typically be starting, that's um, for sure. So why are you here, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> that's because Beer Week <laughs> is every week nowadays. Yeah. It, um, it really is. It's Beer Week started 10 years ago. Um, Baltimore Beer Week did anyway. The concept of Beer Week started like 11 years ago in other cities. We were right behind you know, Philadelphia and San Francisco and New York and, and Cleveland. And after 10 years, it's just Beer Week has become a year-round phenomenon. It's every week's Beer Week now. And all the promotions and, and all the events and all the enthusiasm are go way beyond my wildest dreams when we started Beer Week 10, 11 years ago. And as Beer Week sort of grew to be its own beast, the services of Beer Week was to promote all of the events less and less necessary because people are getting sharper in the internet, sharper with their Instagram, sharper with their social media. Uh, venues are starting to do different things. And it, it, it wasn't a chore for anybody involved other than the retailers saying, why do I sa save all my events for one week? Let's spread them out. Yeah. And it made sense to do it that way. And so I got a little extra hand a little extra time on my hands from <laughs> now that Baltimore Beer Week is sort of fading off into the sunset and the, this decision was kind of made even during last year right because I believe like someone when I when I hosted the um one star review night at Waverly okay I think maybe it was like you may have mentioned that it was possible that the next year there wasn't going to be like an official. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the enthusiasm for what beer week was, wasn't waning ever. It was, it was becoming unwieldy. It, it, it was too much in one week. I mean, you know, we did 350 events yeah. in, in one 10 day period and that's too many. They weren't as well attended toward the end of a beer week because there's so much to do. Yeah. The fatigue and, and, yeah. Of... The fatigue of the whole thing. And because it's beer events all year long and there's, you know, pint nights and meet and greets and can releases now and brewery tap rooms are, are, are a thing that wasn't a thing 10 years ago, didn't exist 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it was illegal in the state of Maryland. So, so those things sort of have sucked up the, I guess, the energy that we brought to the and, and raised it to another level. So, you know, I'm not stepping away from beer week as a thing. I'm stepping into beer week as a, concept that's your beer, beer year yeah that's <laughs> that's exactly what i'm focusing on you know and the thing that i loved most about beer week was the interaction with all the brewers with all the retailers and certainly all the people that came out and supported you know and going to the Oktoberfest and the opening tap celebration and and doing the max's big wheel race on wednesdays and all the other things that we did throughout the week those are the things i would miss and uh one of the things that i think we're here to talk about today is you know, maryland brewery tours sort of keeps that enthusiasm going year round with tours that go and visit breweries and, and you know, on a, on a coach bus with a, with a host that leads you to the various breweries that you visit. And, and that gave me an opportunity with Chad and I talking about, well, you know, if I help you on weekends and nights every once in a while, I can keep my hand in the activities that I love yeah. and help bring some industry Intel and, and, and history to the product you already have that's successful. You're still getting ahead of yourself. We're not ready to talk about Maryland Beer Tours yet. <laughs> that was my time. That, he got ahead of himself first. Yeah, so the Beer Week thing is it's 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 all year now, and I'm okay with it. You know, it's never been a better time to celebrate all things beer in the land of pleasant living. We've been using that tagline for 10 years, 11 years now, and I'm going to keep using it till I 
disappeared. Wait, are you referring to Baltimore as the town of pleasant living? The Chesapeake region. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right. Celebrating all things beer in the land of pleasant living. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll allow that. There you go. Um, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, no. It was always Chesapeake region. It was yeah. never about, it wasn't just Maryland beers. It wasn't just imports. It wasn't just nationals. It, we, we celebrated anything. We took on anything that you wanted to do during Baltimore Beer Week. If it had something to do with beer, we said yes. Are um are any of those like marquee events still going to take place? Oktoberfest or? is actually taking place at uh, M&T Bank Stadium again. Uh, I've heard rumors that there's a couple of other events percolating. The Chesapeake Real Ale Festival, which used to be a bookend event, they're trying to uh, recreate that again and put it in the Ches- checker spot space, Okay, which is again by Raven Stadium yeah. and Oriole Park. Uh, Max's, I, I have heard, is going to do like their version of a beer week, but it's beer week every week there kind of yeah, thing. No, I think Mappies will do what, something. What are they possibly going yeah, to do I, special? <laughs> I, I, I wish I could tell you, but but there are some. there is some enthusiasm for keeping the idea alive, but that enthusiasm has been passed on to the retailers from my perspective and the suppliers. I just don't have the time and energy to keep being the, the cheerleader for just one week. Yeah, It's bigger than I am now by long shot. Are they still going to do the big wheel race? I, I hope so. I'm not sure. Max is as famous for it, yeah. so they might be doing it. I've, I've heard, and I don't want to put words in anyone's mouths, but I, I believe I remember them saying like they both love it, but also hate doing it. Like the, <laughs> I guess the logistics of organizing well, <laughs> it were difficult. But Well, here's the in- interesting part, and Chad, you'll know this as well as anybody. You need a permit to do something like that in the square in Fells Point. So without getting into the specifics... Uh, there's a wonderful happy hour at Max's, and then all of a sudden there's a pop-up big wheel race, and then everybody's back in the building. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's kind of the mythological part of that event. So there may or may not still be a big wheel race. Uh, we, the, don't, yeah, we don't know. We don't sur- know. There may be a surprise one. An Could impromptu. Got to show or, up and find out. That's yeah. it. And yeah. it, who was it? It was um, Hysteria was the was the or the ones that cheated, right? <laughs> the, the thing is, and we'll put cheated in there. Everybody I, that that year was hilarious. All the <laughs> the squabbling over whether or not they broke the rules <laughs> or followed them. <laughs> There's just no way. The idea is you're supposed to not be able to manipulate the big wheel in any particular way. Yeah, and it's supposed to be all plastic, like out of the box. We. We're talking about the craft brewers industry right now, and we have some creative individuals by their nature. nature. So there have been all kinds of things that have uh, taken place (laughs) that I would I would say uh, they they have uh, taken the rules to as far outside the boundaries as they can without being disqualified. (laughs) But they did get disqualified, didn't they? I I, I don't remember which one. Because oh no, or did. Or was it Diamondback that got defaulted? There's a couple. Of, there, there has been, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, definitely been some stuff. It was Diamondback because Diamondback yeah. has the beer DQ'd, and uh, I think that's what I think that's what DQ'd that's it, after. It could be. It could be. Yeah, I hope yeah, I'm it, right. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's it's. I'll funny. feel bad if I'm just like, throw. <laughs> no, these guys out they, they, they would do. You're on a roll. Keep making yeah, up other just, stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, they it, it was fun. Ratings go up. And all the events that happen during beer week, I mean, the 350 per year kind of thing, I'm going to miss that that sort of 
amount of things all in one week. Yeah, I know. I finally get invited to come and host stuff, and then you go and cancel the whole thing. <laughs> it's going on all around town. It's every week, that's for sure. Yeah, so that kind of publicly... Dude, we, we had a really... great event that night, and you went and killed it all. Oh, no, no, no. It can still happen. It doesn't matter when. Yeah, but, 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 you know, the thing that the beer week... The only thing that really goes away from a beer week perspective is the promotional piece. You have to do piece. a whole bunch more. Well, that too. Yeah. And edit every single event that gets entered into the website. I mean, I had to read every single day damn event. I had to, you know, check off non-sponsors and sponsors and all. I mean, there was mountains of stuff that had to happen to make the website legit basically because you you don't want bad information up yeah. on the web and so the website basically still exists but it's not updated the beer Can legends we hall the of fame, bad information for this podcast <laughs> yeah, but the beer legends hall of fame is still live on the website you can go in there and see who was inducted in the beer hall of fame the last couple of years and um the legends beer hall of fame i don't and what, what's that actually I don't, the, I don't you think need I to it. check it out on the website it's you know www.baltimorebeerweek.com and it's the beer legends so about five or six years ago we started a Baltimore Beer Legends Hall of Fame to induct, well, you know, a committee formed and to induct some people just to, you know, to, to, to make sure we didn't lose the legacy of, of what we had, who has built the beer industry in the Mid-Atlantic region. And there's numerous folks that have been inducted on there. We tried each year to do a, a special little tribute, a, a video tribute to those folks. And then we've had a ceremony every year for at least four or five years now five years i think it is and we're going to give it a rest this year one beer week is we got to f see what the fallout of that kind of going away in october looks like and uh, i'd like to keep that alive at one day if i can kind of figure out how to do it but right now it lives electronically on the website and we've had a beer induction hall of fame ceremony for the last five years and it's it's been really well done and really respectfully done and you know the folks that are that have been inducted you know absolutely deserve to be there and it's definitely worth a look on the website to find the beer legends it's called baltimore beer legends hall of fame and then there's video clips yeah i'm looking there. at the page now it looks cool yeah it's, looks, it's fun it's I'll definitely save fun. anyone from me clicking play and just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> listening to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen and watch some things <laughs> no, i'll no. save that for later but that, that, that's, that's cool you know, i've never yeah we try to keep some of the things alive that, that are going around it that's really cool yeah i think that i think that would be a cool thing to in some way find a place yeah. for that to live to continue yeah. that's a that's a worthwhile absolutely cool, like you know cool and I, i've approached do. like the uh baltimore museum of industry you know they, they're more about documenting industry and not necessarily yeah. about a hall of fame so they weren't interested from the hall of fame perspective yeah you know I, we'll see how it morphs it's definitely how, gonna morph. how about the uncapped maryland legends of beer Ooh, that that's, that's yep. and you could have the ceremony at the hops and harvest festival on the, on the big stage. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say on a bus. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, you we can bring bus, yeah, buses yeah. of people there. Yeah, no, we could definitely, you know, it's wide open opportunities to see how things develop from my perspective. All right. Um, we're going to take a real quick break mm -hmm. to uh, thank our sponsor. And then uh, when we get back, I may consider letting you guys talk about the Maryland Brewery Tours. <laughs> District East is located on the 800 block of East Street, next to Rockwell Brewing Company and Family Meal. Choosing from their large selection of craft beer, you can create a custom six-pack suited to your taste. With tastings every Friday night and Saturday afternoon, Crowler and Growler fills available and kegs to go, it's a beer drinker's paradise. Their knowledgeable and helpful staff will help guide you to the perfect beer or wine for any occasion. 
They have been selected by many breweries to host limited and exclusive beer releases, which made them the obvious choice to feature my collaboration beers. Stop in and see them for yourself. So, Joe, you work at Heavy Seas, correct? That's my day job. Yes, how, it is. How long have you been there? Uh, eight and a half years. Okay. So, Going on nine so years. So, a little, little bit. Just time. a little bit. Brewery's <laughs> 24 years old. I've been yeah. there almost half the time. So, um, I don't know. For some reason, I didn't know that until just recently. I guess because I don't yeah. keep track of everyone's employment. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, official Baltimore Beer Week is is behind as us. As Beer Week yeah, stands, as, there but, won't be an official yeah, week. It's but, beer year now. Yeah. Everyone's just doing their own things. Yep, if yep. Some some events may... Well, like there was, a beer, there was an event on the Fridays called King of the Pins, and Metropolitan invented it, and then it moved over to Riley Gunther's. And each of the brewers that participated would put in a pin. They'd sell a pin to the bar. And the first pin that kicks is the king of the pins. Okay. And so at 3 o'clock in the nice. afternoon, the bar is packed with every industry insider sucking down cast conditioned real ale at 3 o'clock on a Friday. <laughs> and it was amazing. You know, the pace is, I'm talking mobbed. And then the first pin that kicks is the king of the pins. And then you just kind of hang out and have some fun and do what you do. So those kind of events are going to continue, maybe not in October, but they're going to continue because they were just too good of events. Yeah. Not to, they're just not going to be on one website. You're going to have to poke around and find out when these are going on. So one of the things that you listed was that there there were two. It be like it became too many events. Yeah, it definitely did. And was that because you didn't like you didn't want to say no to someone? Well, it was so absolutely. Like it, I, I was the one person editor of uh-huh. the entire website. It was me. Yeah. At three in the morning, editing events, and ten more would come in because people in the industry are. At, ten, at three in the morning, have some time because their shift is over. Yeah. So, I mean, all of a sudden, all these events will be pop- populating, populating, and, you know, they put the wrong sponsor in or they didn't click the right thing. The time's wrong. The date's wrong. This thing. I had to edit every single event. And it, it, it was a real chore, but in the yeah. end, it was a wonderful guide to get people out to all the events. Yeah. Problem is, you know, if this guy says pint night at my house, at my tavern, and this guy over here says pint night at my tavern, different supplier – Okay, pint nights happen all year long. Why do why do I pick one over the other? Yeah. And so there was, you know, then people started doing, you know, it's a burger night at their restaurant all year long on Wednesdays. So they called it Baltimore Beer Week Burger Night. And I, it's it, what so was it special was about it. Yeah, so it yeah. got diluted. It got diluted. That's a very good way to put it. And it was, but that event needed to be on the website because they yeah. were a sponsor that was participating yeah so no one no one wanted to be left out of beer week nope but the, there were there were too many things that weren't special Correct. anymore yes. because yes. they it just by the nature of popularity of yes craft beer things like they're just happening all the time they so just it, they are and, and again that was my indicator that beer week had arrived is that places would send me like their seven days specials say put this up as our thing for beer week Mike's what you do all year long. Yeah, this was last. Doesn't it say last week on it? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, so it was kind of like the, the, you know, the events were what they are. You know, if you didn't make a special event, if you just did a regular special, you might not get any new humans in there. Mm. I mean, the whole thing about Beer Week was not just to raise awareness for what was going on in the beer world, but all the retailers. You know, what if you are from Frederick or Howard County or, or Baltimore County and you go into the city? Or what if you're from the city and you go out to Frederick or Howard County or you know, Baltimore County and go to an event, you know, it was, it was designed to interchange people's habits to go check out fun things and get out of your comfort zone. And to some degree it did that, but to a large degree, 
you know, the common denominator was, hey, it happens every October. We'll just do our regular things and play along. Yeah. it It's interesting. There aren't many beer weeks in this area left anymore. No, no. Um, you know. Frederick's uh, sunsetted a few years ago. Right. Um, Baltimore now. This year, yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. It's like Carroll County and D.C. are the only ones Well, D.C. is going home. on right now. Yeah, I, I, it just it kicked Where we're off recording on, this, yeah, yeah, right now. But, uh, last, it happened last week. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're going to release this next week. Right. Um, it kicked off on Sunday yes, and it goes did. through the week. And yeah. um, they have... Many of these beer weeks that still exist are because of how they were financially structured. So like Philly is a 501c3. You can't just shut it down. There's a board of directors. There's a bank account. There's a budget. There's like ours was a, 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 it was a sole proprietorship. Okay. So it's real easy to just turn that off and there's nothing passing through on taxes anymore. So it really is how you structured it. I know Cleveland is like that. I know San Francisco's like that. I don't remember how DC's set up, but many of these beer weeks. I think it's through the guild. So, so then, yeah, it goes through the guild. So the guild has some financial responsibility and some tax implications. Yeah, it's really how each one was set up is why, if it's still going, there's a reason, and it's not because there's a raised enthusiasm for keeping it going. Yeah. <laughs> Although DC has a, they did, I they, think do they, have, they have a nice lineup of, yep. of But they also, that, DC did it in a way, because the guild controls it, they say no to people. Yeah. Like, we're not putting your event in our DC beer thing. Yeah. And then they, they pick a neighborhood per night to go showcase. That takes a lot of yeah. work. Yeah, they probably it's more um, curated yes, events. That's than, well said. Then yeah. uh, instead of allowing everyone to, yep. they have a yep. more curated selection they that do. keeps it more. It keeps it a level of uh, it being special. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, apparently you don't like having only one job. Um, <laughs> no, so, apparently I love so, promoting craft beer. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> Um, since you're not doing that, you are now, gentlemen, do you want to finally talk about it or you, or you don't want to anymore? Well, I mean, cat's out of the bag now. Yeah. So, you know, as I was looking around what other opportunities might exist to help promote craft beer in our area, what I, I do my day job, but I also have nights and weekends. So I'm going to do something with those nights and weekends. And I started to think, well, what else is out there? And then Chad and I got together and we're talking about the brewery tours thing. And, you know, Maryland brewery tours. And I'm like, well, there's city brew tours and there's I could go start my own and you know, all the other things that you think about. And, you know, Chad, to his, you know, to his gracious self said to me, well, why don't we kind of sit down and talk about how you can help us? And, you know, that's kind of how it started to percolate. And, you know, nothing's kind of set in stone right now other than I have some time on my hands and it is related to craft beer. And <laughs> those two things. There's excite a craft me. beer sized hole in your schedule. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Well said. Well said, Chris. Yeah. And from the Maryland Brewery Tours perspective, you know, we, there's no two ways about it that we have a really fantastic product for the consumer. People come and they just have a fantastic time. Um, and for those of you who don't know about it, essentially we'd get a charter bus full of people and we go around we visit four breweries over the course of the day spend an hour at each get a, a ticket that's good for a pint of your choice we do a behind the scenes tour that's generally given by an owner or a brewer or a tap room manager um where you 
get a little bit about the brewing process, but more about what makes that brewery unique. What's their story? What's their history, etc. Uh, and then some more time to um, enjoy the tap room. That being said, however, we still have a ton of room to grow. Um, and what we're actively trying to do is bring in more industry experts like Joe and um, maybe even create a, a bit of a board of advisors um, with the industry experts to try to figure out how to make it more accessible to people and how to continue to grow and how to continue to, to make it better and get more people out there um, experiencing the Maryland beer and getting into the tap rooms and getting people from Baltimore to Frederick and vice versa and kind of cross-pollinating the state a little bit because Maryland beer is only getting better. And um, I, I think we have a role to play in kind of spreading the gospel and getting people, uh, making it accessible to people. So yeah, yeah beer tourism is a thing. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely a thing. Oh, 100%. You, you know, and, and the fact that, that this is a chartered coach bus, it leaves from a one specific area. You travel to four different breweries in a day. It takes you back to where you started. You know, you get so much more than if you jumped in a car with three or four of your buddies and did, you know, now you got the GPS out, you don't know where you're going, you don't, you know, and you walk in, you don't, and they don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. You know, th these people, when we well, walk it's like in the heavy door, seas for, although heavy seas is easy to find now, but the first yeah. time I went there, I drove yeah. past it yeah. multiple times, <laughs> Yes, but that was, the sign was smaller. It was before yeah. the, um, so a lot of the breweries are the in industrial sitting out there. Yeah. 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 You I know. mean, cause there's own manufacturing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't see a brewery on main street very often. And like, you know, it, it used to be uh, Fordham in Annapolis and Ellicott Mills still up on, but that's rare to find a manufacturing zoned area in a populated area. Yeah. Old mother. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. True. Yeah. Right. Right there in Frederick. Yep. And that's rare though. But so this bus gives you an opportunity to jump on there. You can go as a group, you can go as individuals, you can kind of, and, and, and you get to sort of, the gist of what Maryland beer is about on the tour, when you're on the bus, if you ask questions or I walk up and down the aisle or chat or whatever, we talk to you about the brewing process or the, the beer in general. That's the expertise I think Chad's talking about bringing on board. So we're, we're not just somebody sitting on the front door with a clipboard and go, oh, you're on the bus, good. Yeah, because you've, you've had um, celebrity uh, tour guides in yeah, the past sure. before. Um, so have, have you done any tours? Are you going to be? Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to be more active. It's because I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that spending a day drinking with you <laughs> <laughs> and going to breweries. It's an experience. Is, is, I, I was going to say a fun time. But oh, absolutely. I think yeah. experience probably yeah. encompasses the whole. <laughs> so when Joe and I were getting to know each other, we obviously went out and had a couple beers. Yeah. And just the amount of knowledge that this guy has is incredible. And his stories just from traveling around and doing the work that he does. Yep. I mean, we were breaking down the beers by like chemical components, and just yep. and his enthusiasm is second to none. I mean, he's just <laughs> I incredibly picked up on that. At all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other way to be. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. We're, like, we're excited kinda, about it. I kind of want to come on one just now, just a videotape. You oh, should. Yeah. You should <laughs> definitely. On. It's fun. Well, <laughs> just let us know when. Yeah, we'll definitely get you on there. No, it's fun because the other part I can I can provide. That, that somebody that's just on the bus that's kind of the host, we could be driving by something. And I'll, okay, though, did you see that hot field? Or did you see this? Or, you know, the next place we're going to go, I'm going to let them tell you what they do, but this is what they're known for. So when you walk in, take a look for this, take a look for that. You know, and, and the tours that I've been on so far, people have come back with questions at every stop. Like, because you can only fit so much in, and 
while you're on the bus between stops, somebody will come to me and say, hey, what was that? What did they say about this? What did they do here? And I'm a resource. That's really what I am is, yeah. you know, and it's not just for one brewery. I mean, I've had four brewing jobs in my entire life, but I've traveled to thousands of places as well. So I bring sort of a, a body other, of knowledge. What other breweries have you worked at? So my first brewing job ever was at Young's Brewing Company in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was my <laughs> very first brewing job. And then I worked at uh, Warfrat Pratt Street Ale House. Now it was the Warfrat okay. Oliver's. And then I worked at Victory Brewing Company for a couple of years. Okay. And, and what I was going to say, like eight year, have you been in sales the whole time you were at? Yeah, NBC's? pretty much. I was a sales manager. I had come, when I first got into this, it was to learn the brewing process, but I definitely am more of the front of the house than the back of the house. And so it helps that I can use my back of the house knowledge to sort of explain the process and get involved with people and then talk about, you know, the, the sales of, of beer. Why do you buy this beer over that beer? Is it yeah. price? Is it well, quality? Is it, you know, those things are, I, I have intrinsic, it comes naturally with me. So yeah. knowing the process and having some, th- that skill set, it's, it's, it's an easy match. Well, and I was going to say, like, a lot of the people I've met who work in sales of beer and have for a long period of time, mm-hmm. there's some of the people who know the most about it because yeah. they're the ones who have to speak the gospel all day, every it. day. Yeah, every yep. day and convince sure. convince someone to part with their money yep. or shelf, shelf space, space or taps, tap space. All of the above. Like why that's a good idea. So it, yeah. it's, it's in their best interest to know as much as possible. Absolutely. That, that's, that's a critical piece to getting beer to consumer. I mean, he, he if, you, if we've got a second here, one of the things that drives me crazy about beer getting to consumer is you walk into a bar and you say to a bar owner, I've got the best beer made in the state of Maryland based on a Brewers Association of Maryland blind panel voting. It's the number one beer. It could be from any brewery that gets picked year after year after year or whatever. But you walk in and you say that and they're like, well, you know, come back next week or something like that. So you as a consumer may walk into a bar and you've probably never said to yourself, well, I don't see what I want on tap. Do you have taps somewhere else? You either buy yeah. what they have or you leave. And it's it's kind of, so the retailer picks your choices. You don't get to pick your choices. Yeah. And, and Education component, right? Yeah, exactly. Educating the consumer. Right, you know, and, and that's that's so hard to get a consumer to understand. If you like a beer, walk into the place you like to go into and say, hey, I'd like you to put this on tap because I keep coming in here. Yeah. It makes sense. It, you know, yeah. it does. And, and that's, again, an education component. Because if you like a place, you like their food, you like the staff, you like the location, all the above, and but they don't carry a beer you like, you have you can change that by voting with your dollars. Yeah. Um. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all so, know this, but yeah. so, the consumer doesn't really always get that, though. No, uh, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't think, like, I should ask yeah. For the specific it just beer, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. right. And the, and I mean, most places uh, value that feedback because absolutely, they, it's not like they have any vested interest. So you, well, I mean, I guess shade. They want you to come back. Could, well, yeah, but <laughs> ignoring yes, <laughs> any yes, of those yes. possibilities, their their interest is in serving what their customers want. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, where do people go to um, find out about? Maryland Brewery Tours. MDBreweryTours.com. And we also have Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. So, And you usually, maybe not usually, but sometimes you list who's going to be doing the tour that week, right? Um, 
Like, will they be advertised as Joe Gold? Yeah, right. Come see Joe. And maybe we should do that. Yeah, I thought. I, Actually, I, we can take the logo out and put his face yeah, right in the. That's not happening. Just give him like one gold <laughs> tooth. <laughs> that's definitely not happening. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. I'm not here to be a star. I'm here to help. He's a you should run with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm here to help. That's my style. Yeah. Sharing um, my knowledge with the general public is something I absolutely love doing. It, what is the um, regularity that they run? Is it every weekend? It's every or weekend, it, okay. yeah. And that, that's that's more often than they were, right? Or the or you were trying to do every weekend. So this like, is part of what I was talking about before. Right now they're every Saturday, um, yeah. and the location may shift. Um, but I think there's a way for us to make it more accessible to people and do you know make it one per weekend per region or whatever. We have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's part of right. what getting people who know what they're doing to know the industry, um, that's part of the next step for us is figuring out how to do that and make it more accessible to folks. What size um, are the the tours typically, the, the number of people who are? So we probably average in the mid-20s to low-30s. Um, sometimes we'll have uh, 50 people on a bus. Sometimes it's just a birthday party, you know, eight mm-hmm. or ten people. Um, we get a ton of birthday parties. We get a bunch of... Bachelorettes. Um, bachelor, bachelorette parties. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of corporate uh, groups lately. Can um, people contact you to make it a private tour? Oh, like yeah, in, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's there's a button on the website. If you have um, a, a birthday party or um, a, a private tour you want to do for your, your business or whatever, we're happy to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that would – we've um, – We've never done like a full tour here, but there at one time Flying Dog used to pick pick people up in the yep. Winnebago. In the Winnebago, yeah, for, I like, know that. I've been on that Winnebago, things. and uh, <laughs> the, they and even it though we're great. super close uh, yeah. to where they are, there was a couple times they came over, picked us up, yeah, and we sure. had the no, FNP team building nice. <laughs> things at Flying Dog. Right. So that would be a cool uh, cool thing to do on a weekend to yeah. go around to multiple places. It's a really fun day. You know, and it doesn't have to be nice out. We're we're in a bus. You're in a tap room. Yeah. Um, it's great for the winter and the fall and the or earlier months. Um, in the summer, we have air conditioning, so that's really nice. To, <laughs> so it's really, you know, it, it's really an easy day. You just show up and have a good time. Joe's we, there with we you. We take care of everything else. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be. T- I'm there for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am there for you, for sure. And I can talk you through the beer styles at each one of these breweries. You know, a lot of people might be novices they're coming along for birthday party maybe not Mm -hmm. the birthday party is for a beer enthusiast but not everybody in his family does that so they walk in they look at this board of things and you know everything's a name of something you know monoxy that and and it's yeah it's greek to people and then i can say well you know it's a brown ale this is a stout this is a pale ale this is an ipa there's eight of those there's (laughs) like ipas there's a sour beer what's a what's a sour beer you know so so i i'm there as a resource to help talk you through the menu, the, the, the layout of the place, N- not to tell you what the layout is. That's the brewer's job to let you know what his space is about. But I, I can be a resource in each one of these stops and certainly on the bus. Which is extremely helpful for even if people who are in the craft beer maybe yeah. not be so into it that they know all that information. Yeah, they just, yeah, they've yeah. had it before and want to want to try more and but need a little hand-holding through the yeah, process. Yeah, sure, sure. Hey, gentlemen, um... Now I want to like a lot end a lot of the episodes with what is the one craft beer from Maryland that you're excited about right now? <laughs> one of 
So I'm really ex- there's several breweries coming to the Hops and Harvest Festival that are bringing new beers there. Mm-hmm. So Manor Hill has one that they're bringing out. Um, it's called Cometastrophe, which is a hazy dipper. Um, 8.3% that they're bringing to the Hops and Harvest Festival. That's brand new nice. um, that I'm excited to try. We have And we have several new releases that are going to be there, which which is nice. So if you want to know more about that, we have the untapped um, beer menu online. So follow the festival on that app. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we're doing it so you can track what you like, what you don't like, and um, we're updating that menu constantly. What about you, Joe? Do you drink beer? <laughs> on an hourly basis. I think he's a whiskey guy. <laughs> no, I'm not a whiskey guy. You're going to be. But, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. In a second. But, I, you know, shameless plug for my day job. I mean, Brewer Association of Maryland just held their annual competition, yeah. and Heavy Seas Pounder Pills was voted best in show. And it's a fantastic Pilsner. I have it in my fridge all the time because it's easy drinking. And um, Have you heard about Hugh's uh, acceptance speech yet? I heard he went. I did not hear about oh, his speech. It was good. I'll he had it. his flip-flops on. Uh, I didn't yeah, he did. I flip- saw the picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did not hear about his acceptance speech. I'll play it for you. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I would say nothing is going to surprise me, but I'd like to at least hear it. But that that's just – and for me, I, I'm always about – I'm not necessarily about a taproom release guy so, so much as I'm about going to a brewery, finding out what's available. And the one thing I always ask is, what is your current limited release or season? Mm-hmm. Like like one of the best places to go in Annapolis, certainly, is Gordon Biersch. And those guys always have some sort of a lager they're releasing that's got either a Maybach in May or it's an Oktoberfest now. And so, so they're very traditional in terms of brewers. And then, you know, I'm a little bit older, so I like the traditional part a little bit. But so I know I'm walking into a tap room that's going to offer me something that's not year round, but it's quality and it's made to spec and it's going to excite me. Much like this Dippa that you're talking about with Manor Hill. You know, I haven't had that one yet. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, there isn't a season for a Dippa other than if it's going to be cold weather months kind of thing. So me, it's really what's relevant now is is the beer of choice for me. What's a relevant style now? That would be where I'd start. Uh, now what's relevant is... Um, <laughs> That's not this, my style. It, <laughs> it, it's, you're going to try it, though. All right. Um so this is, I've been talking about it forever now. People are probably sick of hearing about it, but you're going to finally be able to get it. December 7th at McClintock's third anniversary party. Yes, third anniversary party. Um, this will be released. We made this just shy of two years ago. Um, it's a single malt whiskey with 25% chocolate malt. Well, it's going to be called a spirits because you can't call it a whiskey because it has been infused with hops. We put seven pounds of UK Goldings and Meridian yep. hops into the gin basket to vapor infuse them oh, into wow. the whiskey. Uh, it's been sitting in a barrel at McClintock for uh, going on two years now. This was this was only aged for about a month in one of those little tiny barrels in my office. Right. Um, and the name of it is No Cover Charge. Um, <laughs> there will be, I think, around 500 bottles of it available. Wow. Um, so December 7th at McClintock Distilling. Hops infused whiskey. Hop infused whiskey. All right. So gentlemen, Cheers. thank you for uh, coming out <laughs> and giving us all the details. Um, and I apologize for again us. for all the misstarts and mess ups I had today. Uh, and thank you everyone no, for good. listening. Yeah, Cheers. For having us. Cheers. See you on a brewery tour. 
The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.